Welcome to the Enjoy More 30s Family Finance Podcast, the only podcast dedicated to making life more enjoyable for young families by hitting on the financial topics that tend to weigh on us, stress us out, and distract our focus from simply enjoying life. Hello there and welcome once again to the Enjoy More 30s Family Finance Podcast. And today I have for you our series recap of the Raising Your Investment Mindset series. So as always, if you're liking what you are hearing, which I hope you do, please make sure to subscribe. Please make sure to follow us on Apple Podcasts. Please make sure to follow us wherever you are listening, clicking those stars, leaving a review. It really, really does help us reach literally millions, not just a few thousands, but millions of people out there that are young families fitting here just like you. Today, as I said, we have the recap for you of the Raising Your Investment Mindset series. As I opened with at the very, very start of this series, investments really aren't my favorite thing to talk about because, quite frankly, they are not nearly as important, in my opinion, as so many of the other planning elements when it comes to finances. But, you know, as sometimes I can be a little bit of the minority here, I wanted to make sure that I did provide you with these main points to cover, these main things about investments. Because investments are what people have the most questions about. Investments are what people make movies about. Uh, There's no, you know, well-rounded, comprehensive financial planning movie. There should be, but there's not. So, you know, the mentalities that go with it, the make it big mindset that they teach you in Hollywood and what a lot of people talk about, you know, from what I have seen myself personally in almost 15 years, it hinders the way more people uh, operate, the decisions that, that they make, then it helps. So why I did this series was for you, to help reframe how you view. And when we reframe how we view something, it can allow us to now utilize that in a different way. So utilize investments in a more constructive way, hence raising your investment mindset title. The goal of this series, though, was very similar to the goal of all the other series that I've done. And that's to make sure that we are removing anxiety. We are removing financial worry. We don't want to forget that goal. So, you know, we can focus then all of our energy on what matters most. What matters most to you? And I have to believe a very high on that list is enjoying more living with your family and with your friends. So you don't need to have anxiety when it comes to money. That's crazy, right? And with the right mindset, with a few steps in the right direction, you can make huge, monumentally huge strides. So be proud of every step as you take it. You're making a contribution to yourself. You're making life more enjoyable for you. And the natural consequence of that is now your family's life is better as well. That, that's great. So lastly, at the end today, I'm going to talk about the next series for uh, the podcast to come. Always super excited. So without any further ado, let's grab your spouse and let's review. Number one, investments don't quote unquote do good. So here I got a little bit up on the soapbox. We discussed how we don't want to ask if our investments quote unquote do good. We want to ask if our investments are on a path to get us to a specific goal. Are they getting us to where we want them to be? And if they're doing so effectively, when we compare them to their peers, when we compare the investments to their peers, doing good is completely arbitrary and likely emotional with how it is generally used. It needs to be compared to something. 
If you had a fund last year in 2021 that went up 30%, you were probably like, wow, this is fantastic. Best fund ever, right? However, if it was a real estate fund, it would have actually trailed its index by 15% still, as the real estate index was up over 45% in 2021. So we need to focus on making sure your investments are on a path to get you to your goals and leave the investment performance comparisons up to an advisor or an allocation fund or something to make sure those individual pieces are performing how they should would be my advice. Point of the investments are to get us to our goals. Comparison-wise, we need to make sure we're comparing them to the right thing, the right alternatives to the, the same kind of investment box to see whether they're doing well or not. So hopefully at the end of this episode, everybody was able to say, I now understand what I want my investments to do and how I should be evaluating if they are actually doing that. Number two. Buy low, sell high? Here we discussed how too many people wind up buying high and selling low because of the role of emotions and the lack of education that's provided, the lack of perspective on what normal actually is. So as an example, we talked about how a 10% drop in the market, market being the S&P 500, every 18 months on average is normal. If you see a 10% drop, Every 18 months in the market, that is actually normal. When we look back in history, normal. So you should actually expect 20 of those to occur over the next 30 years. That would be normal. The worst one month since 1970 in the market, again, the S&P 500, the worst one month performance, negative 21%. The worst 15 year period in the market, over that same period of time, going back to 1970, positive 3.7%. Same exact index, different time period, very different result. So time period greatly affects what normal is. Shorter term, again, you should expect more ups and downs. Longer term, you have a smaller range of returns. And again, the worst 15-year period was positive 3.7%. So hopefully now at the end of this episode, everyone is able to say, I now better understand what normal is for how often downs do occur, and I am better equipped to not emotionally sell low when that happens. Number three, the stock market doesn't care about political parties. Here we discuss how what political party happens to be in power tends to have very little correlation to how the stock market performs, as well as the certainty versus uncertainty elements that most certainly do. They've looked at the president, they've looked at the Congress, they've combined them all together in all different ways, and what the past says is that you can't dictate better or worse investment returns just by what political party happens to be in office. Uncertainty, on the other hand, we've talked about how it does historically show a high correlation with volatility. Financial crisis of 2008, COVID in 2020, the uncertainty period was the drop. Once there was more perceived certainty, a plan of action, what are we going to do? The market started its recovery. So hopefully everyone after this episode was able to say now, 
I now know better what generally affects the stock market and what generally doesn't goal statement that we laid out. Number four, Hollywood stock market. Here we addressed how our perceptions are based on what we hear and what we see, those inputs. And when it comes to investments, Hollywood tends to only put out very negative perceptions, which can increase our uneasiness, decrease our likelihood of maybe taking the steps we need to through investments or advice. Wall Street, the big short, boiler room, wolf of Wall Street, all the most popular movies involve crooks, criminals, and otherwise very unscrupulous individuals. So what are your views about investments? Do you have positive views? Are they negative? Are they opportunistic? Are they fearful? You know, think about how you may have gotten to the mindset you have today. You weren't born with it. It's something that's developed over time. And think about what mindset you might want your kids to have about it. Because I've seen too many clients who are in bad, you know, situations and make bad decisions because they were too fearful of using investments or too fearful of reaching out for advice and were in a, you know, a poor financial situation because of it. In my experience, there are way more good people than not out there that can help you be making decisions. So hopefully everyone is now able to say, I recognize what can greatly affect many people's perceptions of investments, which was the goal statement that we laid out for that episode. Number five, winners and losers are temporary. This episode, we focused on how just like every dog has its day, every area of the market tends to have its time to lead and how emotionally to make the most of that fact. Human tendency is to assume that what happened recently it's just going to keep happening, right? Stock is going up. It's going to go up forever, right? Nothing goes up forever, though. So we talked about how rebalancing, which is systematically taking gains in certain well-performing areas and reinvesting them into an area that has been underperforming, is something an advisor or an allocation fund does because of how different areas tend to do best each year. Again, we use the real estate example. In 2020, it went down around 12%. Get out, right? Down 12%. In 2021, it went up 45%. It's fantastic. Get in. Through the end of January of 2022, it was down over 6.5%. Get out again, right? So rebalancing can help us avoid the emotional toll of selling things that have done well and buying things that maybe haven't. So hopefully everyone is now able to better say, I understand how to better view my winners and my losers. Again, that goal statement that we laid out for the episode. Number six, we can all save another $100. This one is pretty self-explanatory. And we talked about how saving just a little bit more is almost always possible. And just how hugely significant that little extra bit can be for you and how much farther it can take you down the road. So our credit card bills are very easy as an example here. They vary every month. If we have an emergency vet visit, we figure out how to pay for it. So use that same urgency on yourself. We spoke on how an extra $100 a month for 30 years equates to an extra $150,000 at 8%. $100 a month that you're probably not even going to notice. And it's all linear. So $200 a month over those same assumptions, 30 years, 8%. 300000 So if you have a credit card bill that varies by $200 a month, 
you could probably afford to save $200 a month towards yourself over these next 30 years and walk away with another $300,000 if those assumptions are true. So save more towards yourself. You're worth it. So hopefully everyone is now able to say the goal statement of, I better understand how impactful it can be to consistently push my savings just a little bit further. Number seven, bingo, you probably own more than the market. Here we clarify what exactly the market is and how in all likelihood your portfolio extends way beyond what they're even talking about on TV. The market is simply an index, a grouping of the largest 500 U.S. companies. Just like the numbers that they pull for bingo, it doesn't mean that what they share on TV every night is actually what you have on your card. If you have a portfolio of 50%, the S&P, then only 50% of what they talk about directly relates to you. And with U.S. bonds, foreign bonds, small companies, real estate funds, so on and so on and so on that make up a true diversified portfolio, you likely have a lot more than just the market that they're discussing. So the goal statement here was, I now better understand what they mean when they say, quote unquote, the market and how that may actually relate to my personal investments. And hopefully for you, that's now true. Number eight, emotionally abnormal, statistically normal, and healthy cookies. In this episode, we discussed how what may feel abnormal from an emotional standpoint can actually be very, very, very normal from a statistical standpoint. By knowing what normal is, we can better protect against acting emotionally when it comes to our investments. When you use a mathematical, statistically diversified portfolio, the goal is like that of a healthy cookie. We want the most delicious flavor that we can get for the least of amount of unhealthy ingredients. The most return for the amount of risk we are willing to take. That's the goal. So normal for our 10% expected return portfolio, for example, was positive 22 to negative 2% when we considered the risk number of the standard deviation, that thing that we all tend to just ignore. Standard deviation, that sounds a little too technical. I'll just ignore it and look at the return. So this is what should occur the majority of the time, though, when we combine the standard deviation with the expected return. So two out of every three years, that should hold true. That would be statistically normal. Now, the shorter the time period, the greater the chance for variation. Again, going back to that S&P 500 example since 1970, the worst single month for the market, negative 21%, very short period of time. The worst 15-year period, however, for that same period of time, positive 3.7%. So if you're able to say that goal statement of, I now better understand how much up and down is normal for investments, so I'm better prepared to not freak out when it does, then you have succeeded here. Number nine, last episode here. Advice should trump fees, the 3% study. We live in an increasingly fee-focused society. But in this episode, we reviewed, in my opinion, how advice should be viewed in context compared to fees for that advice and what studies have supported being true namely Vanguard's 3% study. The fear is not paying for advice, or it should not be paying for advice. It should be not getting something for that advice, not getting the value that you're paying for. If you go buy a Snickers bar, the Snickers bar is good. We just don't want to pay $13 for the Snickers bar when we could buy it for $1. 
We want to get good value for what we are spending our money on. Vanguard, if you remember, is an incredibly fee-conscious firm. Low fees are one of their bedrock principles of where they got to now. When they looked at where you put your money, where you take it out of in retirement, rebalancing, behavioral elements, they came up with over 3% per year in value provided by a proper advisor. 3% per year in, in what's provided by a proper advisor. So we did our own example even, and we got to $1 million in value over 30 years, really without too much difficulty. By saving a little bit more, having someone to push you to save a little bit more, increasing that a little bit more every year, taking advantage of things like company matches, using Roth retirement accounts, identifying where to take the money out of, it really, really can add up. So if you can now say, I better understand how advice versus fees for that advice can separately affect my situation, then you've hit on the goal that we have for you here. And this is really the culmination of everything from this season. If there is somebody out there who is wanting advice or who would benefit from advice, I don't want you to either be A, afraid of asking for that advice because what you see on TV, or B, think that there's nobody out there that could help you. Are there bad advisors out there? Absolutely, just like every other industry. But if you look for one that does planning, look for one that does comprehensive work, look for one that's trying to really make your life more enjoyable. That's the goal of working with you, not a big number on a piece of paper. It is out there. You can find it. So don't let fear or fees stop you from reaching your full potential. So that is it for this recap. Hopefully now you feel more confident, push that chest out a little bit more about investments, what to expect, maybe how to better utilize them now towards your goals. But more than anything, I hope you're not now afraid of investments, not afraid again to seek out advice, because this is really the most important takeaway that I had. Investments, I know, is what everyone tends to focus on, but is really just one piece of the puzzle. It's just one part of what a good comprehensive plan should actually include. Now for our next series to come. We all like stories, right? They're such a powerful tool. Stories have been around for centuries, droning on and on about expected returns and standard deviations and statistical norms. I know I like that, but I also recognize that for most of the normal people out there, it's super boring. <laughs> stories are how we connect with our grandparents, our friends, our families. It's how as a, a race, we've passed morals and histories down for generations upon generations. It's how we put our children to bed every night. So let's see what it can do for our finances in our next series to come, The Financial Parables of Your Life. I'll be picking out the most memorable, unique, powerful stories to keep in your mind and on the right track financially. So that takes us to the end of this Raising Your Investment Mindset series. Take some time, review these important areas, and remember if you can make one positive change not 20, not five, not even two, just one, then you're one further step along the path of having life be more enjoyable for you and your family. If you can absorb and implement all of them, even better. That's fantastic. You know, having an idea that I could be helping people out there that I never meet, that's a really cool, amazing world that we live in. If you do happen to, to have questions that you want help in answering, if it's overwhelming, you just want somebody out there to help and do it for you, Reach out to me either through my website, enjoymore30s.com, enjoymore30s.com, click Ask Joe, or you can connect with me directly by visiting my wealth management firm, New Horizons Wealth Management at nhwmllc.com. I'd be happy to help. 
So thanks so much for joining me today, and I can't wait to connect with you again soon. The conversations on this show are Joe's opinions and provided for general information purposes only. They do not constitute accounting, legal, tax, or other professional advice for your specific situation. You should always seek appropriate advice from a financial advisor, accountant, lawyer, or other professional before acting upon any content or information found here first. Joe is affiliated with New Horizons Wealth Management, LLC, a branch office of TFS Securities, Inc., and TFS Advisory Services, an SEC-registered investment advisor, member FINRA SIPC.